0: Welcome to the podcast, In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening into today's episode. Today I'll be interviewing James Pratt. James is award-winning actor, director, and celebrity favourite within the luxury auctioneering community internationally. With a strong background in acting, James first started his career studying acting at acting school in NIDA in Sydney, Australia, before landing his guest role on the TV show Home and Away. Since then, James has gone to work alongside some of the best in Hollywood. We dive into his upbringing, where he created his first film, and how it projected him into his directing career, why age isn't an excuse, and what you can do to start your own acting or directing career today. Thanks so much for listening into the episode, and enjoy. All right, thanks so much for joining in today, James. So before we dive into the interview, let's dive into who you are, where you're from, and what it is that you actually do.
1: Thanks very much, Chris. Uh, Great to be here. James Pratt's my name. Uh, I would probably classify myself uh, actor, director, uh, auctioneer, entrepreneur, uh, based between Sydney and uh, Los Angeles. Perfect.
0: Uh, So what brought you on the path that you're on now? What did you find that? your childhood may have influenced you in a certain way to lead to this point in
1: time. What was your childhood like? That's a really good question. Cause I think uh, the older you get, the the more you actually look back and realize your influences when you were young play a big part as you get older. I think by default, we moved around a lot when I was a younger kid. Um, and I think that ability to get very comfortable very quickly, um, you know, performing uh, when it's uncomfortable, uh, that type of thing has really translated from when I was a child to now where the sort of lifestyle that I enjoy living is quite ambitious rather than there's a forever house, there's a structure, that's how many weeks off a year you get. It's more, I can really hit peak performance. Well, I feel like I'm getting closer to hitting peak performance uh, when it'd say, look, go from Sydney, LA and then jump off the plane, hit a meeting and then fly somewhere else, you know, the next day and have that rhythm going. And I, I kind of realized that as I got older that, yeah, as a child, maybe it wasn't the the best experience at times, you know, like I think we moved like nine times in 18 years. So there was no <laughs> there was no sort of like growing up uh, standard, you know, this was your house you grew up in. But at the same time it was a real blessing in disguise for now. Yeah, and was that all around Australia that you moved? It was mainly around uh, different parts of Sydney, um, and then again, just uh, it was it was how do I put it? It was very unpredictable. That was probably the best way of putting it. Yeah. And did that lead to you
0: pursuing this career, or what kind of led you to working towards where you are now?
1: I think the uh, the ambition side I identified pretty quickly after high school. Uh, And the ambition side was obviously wanting to go to new places, learn more things, you know, own different businesses, basically stretch myself as much as I could. And I think that, you know, to sum it up, you know, there's a lot of ambition inside me. And I think if I hadn't recognized that uh, early on, I'd probably be hitting my head up against the wall saying, Uh I can't stand this job or uh, I'm not sure why things aren't working out. But yeah, identifying I, I wanted more than what was around me and kind of then took the steps to to wanting to go after it. And that's
0: a crazy thing, right? Like I cannot work for someone. It just drives me insane. <laughs> I see things that they don't see and I'm like, Are you gonna fix this? Can we fix this? And usually, you know, they're either driven by ego or they're like, No, no, I'm I'm in charge here. And I think that's where a lot of people don't even realize if they are in say an employee environment, you know, taking that step to being like, all right, well, is this the environment I'm actually meant for? Should I pursue my own business? Should I challenge myself enough to actually step outside of that comfort zone? Would you say that you see a lot of people staying in that comfort zone of being all right, well, I may not feel like I'm good enough to do anything else. So I'll just stay in this one spot and not challenging themselves.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really, really good topic to bring up because I think it all comes down to your sphere of influence. My parents probably didn't push me in any sort of direction, which was very much, uh, I think, a blessing in disguise because there wasn't that you need to go to university, you need to get a job as a lawyer or a doctor, you need to have a house by the time you're this age, you need to be married. With There, There was none of that sort of like pressure. And I think it's your sphere of influence often that you don't recognize that when people do play it safe or when people are perhaps wanting something different, but they, they're kind of staying with where it's safe. It's sometimes just because that's what they've been taught is the right way to do it. And it's up to you what you want to do in your life. I, I heard a really good quote uh, when I was in the U S and it's, it's not one that I made up or anything, but it's uh, basically your life's like a marathon. You you start at the, the start line, you start running, you run with people that are perhaps in high school with you. And then some of those people get a, a, you know, they get a stitch or they, they slow down and they start walking. Some people go left, you know, straight out of high school. Some people, you know, go in this path of, of drugs or, you know, don't want to do anything. Some people get married straight away, but the point of it is, is you got to keep running and you don't slow down just because they slowed down or you don't suddenly, you know, turn left just because that group turned left because at the end of your life, it's like you get to the end of the finish line and you look back and you've got to be able to say, I ran my own race. I didn't just keep running with the same people the whole way through life because that's not your own life you got to take charge of your own life. And then at the end of your life, you can look back and kind of learn from what you did. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that
0: comes down to um, the values and beliefs that you've created for yourself over time as well to keep that mindset?
1: Yeah, and I think it it also comes from perhaps mistakes that you make and you you realise that, what I've done wrong in the past I don't want to do that again or I've learned from you know in business or in, in you know your social experiences you've learned that maybe you've you know you've taken a left turn and when that opportunity or that same situation comes again you don't take that turn you keep running straight this time around and I think that really helps. Yeah definitely what do
0: you think it is that stops people from going through the cycle of making the continuous same mistake when they keep
1: doing the same thing over yeah yeah i think sometimes it's probably case by case um and i've been there as well Mm. i've been there as well you know like uh, you know dating for example you keep going for the wrong type of girl and you're thinking what am i doing wrong here yeah um but i think sometimes it also you just have to hit that point where you you go right i've hit rock bottom or uh, you've accepted it. Maybe it's it's not the other person. It's me. Like I've got to change. So yeah, there's a definitely. little bit of perhaps being honest with yourself and kind of actually a, a, admitting that you're making mistakes too. Um, and and that's a hard thing to do. That's a really hard thing to do. But it's it's the you know it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like doing doing the hard thing of actually being truthfully honest with yourself to actually. St- take a step forward versus repeating the same habit of trying to be comfortable because it sounds and feels nicer at the
1: time but doesn't serve you forever (laughs) exactly right exactly right and and I I think you know life's too short to um play it safe there's that that saying which is and I know I, I I thought about this saying a couple of times when I keep going back to like relationship problems like you know like you keep going after the wrong girl or whatever it is but it's like if you keep doing the same thing over again, expecting a different result, then you, mm. you know you're kidding yourself like sometimes you've got to do something different to get a different result and I think that you know that can work with everything from you know your, your social life to business as well if, if you're not getting ahead in one area like what are you continuously doing that's giving you that same mundane result Yeah
0: definitely. how do you think um, how have you managed? to go through you know directing acting you know auctioneering how have you managed that business in yourself of going from one thing to another thing
1: i think sometimes they've overlapped which has been really nice but also i you know with the auctioneering getting it to a point where i could be hands off and go back into the film industry while you know someone else is handling the auction side of things um has been a nice segue to you know to realize that you can do more than one thing it's just you've got to delegate uh and you've got to be open with yourself that you know you can't spread yourself too thin in order to cover all the bases
0: yeah so what kind of um auctions have you done
1: so uh pretty much in my career uh probably probably about 10,000 auctions over 10,000 yeah. for sure yeah <laughs> um and you know there's been some really big highs uh you know three-time auctioneer of the year in australia um you know the auctions and a couple of record prices in the states um but at the same time you know it's a real estate auction so it's all houses and that was a really nice time in my life when i was doing that when i guess taking a break from from the acting the film side and wanting to really push myself because that really helped with the business side as well like learning connecting networking with some pretty powerful people around the world um with the luxury side of auctions and yeah yeah like I said getting it to a point where okay I've I've done my thing in auctions I'm really happy here uh and I want to get back full-time into into the film industry um but not losing not throwing the baby out with the bathwater with with the auctions um actually I do have a a very funny story that comes to mind just when you say like how have you managed them all (laughs) but um I just, I remember I was in Los Angeles and I was at this uh, this lawyer's office in the Valley. And for anyone that doesn't know Los Angeles, there is a little bit of a stigma with the Valley. It's like, oh, that's the other side of the hill. Like, you know, it's not Beverly Hills. It's not Santa Monica. It's not Hollywood. It's the, the Valley's hotter. <laughs> it's, flatter, it's not the place to be. And I just remember, this is like seven or eight years ago, but I just remember uh, I was at this lawyer's office. And she's like, oh, I, I read this article because I'd, I'd, I'd sold the celebrity's house via auction. And there was like an article in the LA Times and she'd actually read it. she's like, you're the guy. Cause they'd referred to me as like the Aussie auctioneer. Anyway, I was kind of, yeah, 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 that's me. Like, no, like not really want to go on about it. She's like, you know, my, my uncle has a house and I think you should talk to him. And I, in my head, I'm like, we're in the Valley. I I want to be polite and say no thank you just because like I'm not really wanting to kind of come back this side of the hill very often yeah anyway she's like I'll get him on speakerphone now anyway this guy on speakerphone he sounds like a hundred years old he's talking really slowly and I'm like "Uh uh-huh yep I I would love to come and and have a look at your house that sounds fantastic in my head I'm shaking my head going what have I done like you know (laughs) I don't have time to kind of Anyway, I said yes, and then the, the, the old gentleman said, so, James, I'm going to text you the address of my house uh, when you get off the phone. Anyway, I get off the phone, and, I, you know, obviously there's a family connection there. I say, oh, very nice to, you know, to, to meet you and, and your uncle. Look forward to going to his house. No text comes through for about 45 minutes, and then this text comes through. It says, hi, James. He's misspelled my name. He's put James, yeah. J-A-M-S. And it's got 901 North Alpine Drive, Beverly Hills. And I'm like, oh, this isn't the valley. So anyway, you can look at this house online. I'm pretty sure it's probably got some sort of listing on it still. Uh, anyway, at the time it was 88 million.
0: Yeah, and he's
1: like, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble selling it. Could you come and have a look? So anyway, I turn up, and <laughs> and the guy that sounded quite, uh, I guess, slow and off-putting on the phone. Could, charming guy, really nice guy in person, just on the phone. I just yep. was thinking about the, the idea of like what you think something is and where opportunities happen. And like, mm. you know, here I am the other side of the valley talking to a, a lawyer about a film deal and it's completely different from, you know and things just sort of happen like that. And yeah, he, he's a really good contact um, I've got at the moment and, you know, since then, but yeah, that was a really, really unique
0: experience and it's cool because it kind of shows you that not like you said not everything is as it seems
1: exactly right yeah and the the idea being that uh yeah just not saying no saying mm. yes sometimes is is a good thing too yeah because there's definitely
0: you know there's those uh stories of people being like i remember the the Jim Carrey movie the yes man oh yes yes good and bit. i th- i think a lot of people you know, from that movie started saying yes all the time. I was one of those people. I was just like, Oh, this seems interesting. I might as well just try and see what happens. And it was, I had a lot of uh, benefits from doing that for a bit. Obviously there's some yeses I definitely shouldn't have said yes to, Um, but I found just from watching that movie, it gave me the opportunity to learn to actually open my, my doors a lot more and just try new things. And whether those new things lead you to new opportunities or, you know, a new business or new connections, it doesn't hurt, like you said, to say yes and give it a play. But knowing that you don't have to say yes every time once you've experienced that one thing is important as well.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And and kind of I feel like that's sometimes a, a thing that I've worked on in my own life, which is networking. Sometimes you go in there with a the mindset like I only want to network with you know producers or I only want to network with accountants or whoever it is you're trying to network with. And not realizing that sometimes to get to you know the real person you want to speak to you have to go around the back door you have to kind of go through someone that's not in your field who can plug you in rather than just being very selective and saying you know no 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 i won't speak to you because of your title absolutely
0: and you know it's it's always the cleaner's uncle's brother's sister's daughter yeah. who knows the director or knows the actor or knows the contact you need to exactly get what, right. you, what you need yeah. and i think so many people have this perspective of you know all right i'm just going to run straight ahead and if i keep running and i see you know see my goal in front of me and then i'll get to it eventually but yeah if you're not taking drink breaks during the way then by the time you get to your goal you're going to be exhausted you know, you're not going to have an energy. You're not going to be able to do what you need to do because there's nothing left of you left. Exactly right. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's part
1: of the journey, which is, mm. you know, being open minded.
0: Yeah, definitely. So you've done auctioning, you've uh, directed movies, and you've done a bit of acting as well. What is your main focus at the moment then?
1: The the main focus uh, splitting up my time at the moment is so I just finished a feature film called Malibu Crush, which, uh, is with the distributor at the moment, which is great. So waiting for them to announce, you know, all the, the marketing and the launch, uh, which is really exciting. I uh, have another project, which is with CBS Viacom at the moment called 12 um, to see where that sort of lands up. Uh, and then there's a, another project I was slated to start at the end of the year called Skyline Mist, uh, which is a, a UFO thriller set in the cornfields of Kansas. Uh, which is really exciting, really kind of like it's not a comedy, which I uh, Malibu Crush was a comedy. So they're the sort of the film side. And then uh, in the day, I'm producing uh, and a founding member of Mogul Productions, and we do um, film production, film financing heavily based on blockchain as well, so allowing a bit more transparency with where the money goes. And there's a film called Terminal Station that's starting in a month, feature film. Uh, which Keone Waxman's the director on that one. So that's really exciting. So there's a little bit of work done with that because there's still COVID restrictions in Los Angeles uh, filming. And just a lot of self-improvement in in the middle of that as well. So kind of working on myself, how I can get more time, uh, how I can enjoy life more, uh, all of those things in the middle. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like we said before, it's
0: still quite crazy in Sydney because you said 5K radiuses how yeah,
1: far five, you got at the moment 5k res the the only benefit is bondi beach is lovely um but you know it's a big beach and this is pretty much where i grew up so it's like this is the first time in a long time where i can actually say look you know you can go down in the afternoon and it's it's Not nice too quiet. busy yes. yeah so it's oh, so
0: nice and what have you been doing for your self-improvement at this time just reading
1: A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of of sort of Zoom calls, a lot of um, working off Los Angeles time, which is kind of has its pros. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of cons. Uh, And just a lot of, I think, like I said, with the self-improvement, just a lot of kind of like, you know, listening to podcasts, writing, working on these pre-productions with these films coming up, uh, working on, you know, a couple of business opportunities that might transpire, uh, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter of 2022. So just uh, staying active is the main thing, not falling into the kind of like binge watching or uh, waiting for the storm to pass, more using this as a time to really reload and just be ready to to spring out of the gate. Yeah, definitely.
0: And it's it's so good that you're doing that because I think, you know, so many people need to, you know, work to make the effort to do those things because if you're not, you know, working on yourself, listening to podcasts, reading a book, you know, studying a new course, doing something that stimulates your brain, you're never really taking steps forward, you're still kind of on that yep. hamster wheel, staying in the same place, just putting on a different face. Exactly right. And and I think because your body
1: gets used to routines, you know, people are, you know, creatures of habit. And, you know, if you start losing two or three hours every night, just binge watching, your body gets used to that. And it's yeah. hard to get back into the idea of you know, maybe, you know, going for a run, going for a surf, going for a swim, it's harder to do that all of a sudden. So just being aware that, you know, your body picks up on what you're doing in, you know, in COVID restrictions in Sydney, um, you know, so that you, you don't kind of give yourself too much of a challenge when you want to get back to a more regular life. Yeah, definitely. And
0: I've got a few friends who are, who are actors and, you know, the thing I was chatting to one of them the other day, she was talking about how you know, she's She's like, this is the time that's really going to you know, test me whether I can make it or not because I'm just applying for everything in the world um, and I'm just going for gold. Like, whatever I can do, I'll apply for. But if I'm not applying for things, I'm working on myself, I'm improving, I'm developing, I'm trying to always be ahead of the next person. And I think people have that, that mindset for whatever they do, whether that be acting, directing, their own business. You know, you can't stop when the world stops. You've just got to keep kind of working and building those building blocks until you've got a house.
1: Exactly right, yeah. And finding out... Um, I, I think the other thing is he's also being thankful. Like, mm. I, I kind of noticed that there's different types of people react to different situations. Uh, but just because your sphere of influence in one particular field might be like, oh, this is the end of the world. This is just so terrible. You know, how bad is is COVID or how bad is the situation? I think there's also the other side of it where there are other people that go, look, it's not ideal, it's uncomfortable. It's not my first choice, but, you know, I can still technically, you know, do things or I can still technically work on my business, my craft, my acting, my film. Uh, it's not like, you know, you're, you're in the Middle East or one of these countries where, you know, you're worried about bombs going off and those things. Yeah. So, I feel like the the driving force sometimes can be what is actually motivating you underneath is also just being thankful that you can still technically do what you want to do. Absolutely. And, you know, gratitude is one of the biggest things that
0: I'm always, you know, mindful of daily. And I think a lot of people do forget, like you said, about what's actually happening in the world besides COVID. Correct. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much politics happening at the moment and where we're so, we're seeing everything that's in front of us, but not to the sides. So we haven't looked left or right in this time and seen that, you know, countries being overthrown or, you know, there's people going through, you know, more issues in different areas. Like, I think when people start to have that perspective of, oh, like COVID's really bad and, you know, it is a worldwide pandemic, but also there's a lot of things not being broadcasted at the moment that are affecting still millions of people, having that gratitude,
1: you know yeah exactly right and and kind of um, I think that that always is sort of something that breeds success if you can uh, be thankful for what you have in the mm. time kind of maybe you're not enjoying life as much, then that'll really bide well once you do actually have success because you're still keeping that that point of a compass if you will. what What advice
0: would you have for directors, actors? who are just starting out in this worldwide pandemic, like what would you say to them for them to, you know, keep their own motivation and keep going in this one of the, I guess, one of the hardest times to break into the industry?
1: I think I think it's all about your sphere of influence. Like uh, if you're asking me now, I think one of the great things is with uh, mobile productions, I've kind of, as a bit of a segue, I've, I've really had the luxury, like, um, of being able to interview uh, people in Hollywood for the last two years as part of a, a series they do called Mogul Lives. So we're talking, you know, Jerul was the one we interviewed the other week, to Cindy Cowan, who's won, a, you know, an Oscar, to um, basically all these different generations, demographics, everything in Hollywood, and <clears throat> listen to some of the um, the advice that they give. Uh, which I've really soaked up in, in myself going, this is so interesting what what this person says and how this person says, because it's a really good question. And I think the through line is a lot of people say, you know, your sphere of influence from a mental side. So it's, it's not just about, you know, do I know, you know, everyone that's won Oscars and everyone who's with, you know, Creative Artist Agency or, or UTA, because I have to be with them to be successful. There's a really good saying, which is, you know, Basically, the people that are sort of on the way up, you're going to pass them on the way down as well. So it's like, don't feel like if you just gravitate towards the only successful people, people will be surging and rising up around you. So having that ability to be A, a good person and and obviously not burning your bridges, uh, but B, your sphere of influence. So making sure you recognise that you're around people that actually have a positive mindset. I think a lot of people... All it takes is one negative comment. You know, I think right now one of the negative comments that I hear a lot of people saying. I, I have a friend of mine, and she's a really successful actress, and she had a really top agent in the U.S. Uh, she was with ICM Partners, and she recently was let go end of last year. They cut a lot of their actors because of COVID, and she's got some really good credits. And she said, "Oh, I'm having a really tough time getting another agent of that sort of standard because a lot of the a lot of the thoughts are." Um, they're just not liking me, and she said, "Oh, and she threw this throwaway comment. She's like, Hollywood isn't interested in in people like me at the moment." And I think it's that kind of throwaway comment that basically starts grass fires. Like the fact is, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, big, overweight, thin and slender, you know, female, male, whatever kind of way you identify, it doesn't matter. There's a role for you. It's just that mental thing of obviously. Oh, but I heard this person said they're only casting this. So I heard this person said, you know, the movie needs this. There's always a role. There's always an opportunity. But that mindset isn't always brought through. And I think you need to be around people that have that. Uh, And I think the other thing, too, that, you know, without sort of um, kind of making a cliche, but it's your own journey. So if you're prepared to work really hard, you need to also accept that there's going to be some people that, literally walk on set one day, do their first audition, for example, and suddenly they're a movie star five years later. And then there's another person that's been waiting tables for 25 years and they're still trying to get their break. It's your own journey. And I think people sometimes put a time limit on it or they kind of compare themselves. And it's that thing where it's like, you know, if you sign up to be an actor or a director or, or anyone in this industry, you're also signing up to to not have that control. You're signing up to basically watch other people sometimes who aren't as deserving as you get what you want but you you can't be jaded at that you can't be like oh it's not fair because that's part of the industry you know absolutely Um, and i i just think that if you're able to accept that and work really hard you'll get there but i think a lot of people kind of they get stunted along the way like i said there's a grass fire gets lit over here saying oh you know they don't you know i'm too big to be in movies you know i'm I'm not fit enough or whatever and they kind of get lost in that mindset then they get lost in the mindset of like i was saying before just oh this person went to hollywood after one year and they're a big star and i've been here for three years i'm i feel terrible just get over that and realize yeah definitely yeah. controlling that
0: that victim mentality is is yeah. one of the biggest things hey because a that- lot of people get caught in that you know all right, one bad thing happened to me, so exactly. this is it. Like I'm, like you said, starting a bushfire from one comment, and you see people's lives spiral out of control from that one perspective that they create for themselves.
1: Exactly on a, on a business front, if you were to ask me, um, like that's more at a, I guess, a, a emotional side. Um, on a business front, I'd say, look, have fun with it because technically it is a business. You know, they do say in Hollywood, it's ninety eight percent business two percent creative at the studio level um and by that i mean you know enjoy the ride you know because if you're a director and say you're directing aquaman or fast and furious or any of these things your ideas are not going to be you know put on the table like there'll be so many decision makers from the people putting the money up to the producers to even the you know the, the post editor you know they're all going to have a say so enjoy the fact that you're on something that you can enjoy um, rather than being like, oh, well, I didn't get my way on this, and I didn't get my way, just enjoy the ride because at the end of the day, it's not like an episode of Entourage, you know. You Absolutely. You have to, like, as a, as a director, you know, you have to compromise a lot of decisions. It's part of your job. It's not, oh, he's the director, he does whatever we want because there's people with money behind it. There's so many things going behind the scenes. Likewise with an actor. You know, enjoy it. Like I I think a lot of actors have this idea that it's like, if I could just get myself on a TV show, if I could just, if I can just become a series regular, and then they get a series regular, and they're like, yeah, but you know, the the lead actress, hypothetically, you know, she's she's the star of the show, so they're putting her up for the Emmy nominations and they're putting her on all the poster, and it's like you've got yourself there like you you, you you've you got where you want it like you know the grass isn't always greener just enjoy the ride so have fun with it because yeah there's a lot of stuff you can't control and there's a lot of that business side it's not just all creative because there's obviously you know people need to make money off it and a lot of people get so
0: i guess so distracted during that too because if they're not having fun with it then they're not being fully present with it which means they're not even being at their best anyway because one of the biggest things is that I've, I've referenced all the time to people is, you know, comparison is the theft of joy. Yes, yes. As, as soon as you look and compare all these things, businesses, actors, directors, I'm not there, they there, and then how are you actually ever going to improve yourself if you're never really in yourself?
1: Exactly. And and how are you going to justify what's true fulfilment mm. based on someone else's, I guess, their uh, their reality versus yours? Um and, you know, without sort of being negative, but, you know, people also I think in the film industry need to sign up for the life of you are going to be around toxic people um, purely based on the fact that it's an industry that, especially in LA, not so much in Australia because it's so small in Australia, but in LA, you're going to find there there's going to be everyone, you know, every flavour, you know, of ice cream there as far as people, especially to do with people that think, okay, well, I can go from not having a college degree or not working hard to suddenly getting, you know, 450000 an episode when, when this TV show hits season five. So it does attract a lot of people that are going to cut corners. A lot of people do anything to get to the top. And I think as someone in the industry, actor, director, you know, you, you need to learn to roll with the punches and not be like, can you believe I just spoke to this person and they've gone behind this person? That's part of the industry. You just need to run your own race.
0: Not percent
1: not getting so beat up because, yeah, one thing I have found is going from sometimes, um, you know, a, a, an entrepreneur type business meeting in one of my other business ventures to then directing something. Uh, it's like there is a different breed of person that fame attracts. Fame attracts people that are often looking for fulfillment because they can't find it in something else and they get in that hamster wheel. They can't find it even when they do find success in Hollywood
0: yeah and then never really truly happy, I guess hey
1: exactly right yeah. yeah
0: so it's it's interesting i um I know a guy in Brisbane, and you know he's um he's got this cultural background, and he said, you know what like I had him on the podcast and he said, you know what, it doesn't really matter like what my cultural background is. If, you know, people are looking for this cultural background, I'm going to pursue that cultural background instead of being like, oh, well, I can't get that role because, you know, or whatever. And he's so like, this is this what is how it is, so why don't I embrace it.
1: <laughs> exactly. And there's always a part. There's always a I think because Australia is obviously very small um it it sometimes does seem quite a country town sort of everyone knows everybody and the kind of the 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 shows the movies and things like that that get made here are a lot more manageable because there's so few people know what's being made and what's not but you know for someone like like your friend you were mentioning it's just a small of opportunities overseas so don't get discouraged um you know if you can't see something in front of you now
0: yeah definitely and it's, it's such a good reminder too because it kind of you know gives people that perspective like oh cool i don't need to have all the the you know alphabet in order sometimes maybe i'll just like move someone there and move a letter there and it's fine for now and then i'll fix it later exactly right not exactly. everything needs to be right <laughs>
1: yeah and, and enjoy the ride because you're going to meet some cool people as well on the way and you know you'll learn a lot about yourself too no definitely so what
0: essentially influenced you to go down this path of directing then what were the the small steps that you found
1: yourself going through to be here I think um the first time I got involved so I I studied at NIDA and that's an acting school uh found myself uh living in the the outback Australia not long after I graduated I sort of took I want to take some time off um heavily pressured by my parents to just you need to get a lot more life experience as well in the idea of you could do this when you're young when traveling ran out of money found myself in a small country town um stayed there for a year which is a year too long because it was part of it was um my parents were not going to help me they're like we're not bailing you out this is something you've decided to do this would be good for you and i got into this um I look back, it was the the hardest time in my life, but also probably the biggest point that changed me. Living in this uh, this very small country town, middle of nowhere, um, you know, getting to experience life in the outback on your own, feeling like, it's it's not like, oh, well, I leave next week, so we'll do this, this and this. It's, you know what, like, I'm really kind of like I'm here and I'm in the present and you see things that, you know, make you very, very thankful for me being able to grow up in Sydney. Um, you know, driving home, I saw, you know, 10,000 acre wheat fields swaying in the, the grass at sunset. Uh, there was dust storms, there was flood. Um, everything kind of happened in that 12 months. And <clears throat> right before I left, I was like, you know what, I, I want to, you know, start to get back into the film industry. Um, so I found this lady that had a uh, like a Sony HD cam at the time, 2012, uh, and then went around and wrote this, like I said, wrote this kind of short film, 17, 18 minutes, uh, based on this guy from New York that comes to the Outback, who's, a, he thinks that there's this search for a supermodel contestant in the middle of nowhere in Australia. And it's like, he he scouts her, goes back to New York, it saves his career kind of thing. Instead, what he finds is he finds that the demographic in Outback Australia doesn't really appreciate some American guy coming saying, hey, I'm looking for like a 15-year-old girl that could be a model. So he gets arrested (laughs) and like, it's very, it's like, it's a situational comedy, but at the same time, the the through line. Uh, Anyway, so I shot this on $200 and it actually was like a finalist. It was like, I got third place unofficially with NBC Shorts Fest, uh, which is like a really prestigious film festival for NBC universal and they were just blown away because it wasn't the uh the quality of the like the camera anything it was just more my art direction with like I I had these swaying wheat fields on sunset and I had this uh I'd convinced this guy in the outback to tell me the next time he was going to land his plane on this dirt strip and he called me he's like hey the weather looks like good I'm going to be landing this morning if you want to get a so I had this footage of like this kind of crop dust a plane landing. And and that was probably my foray because I couldn't find anyone out there. Um, So I had to write, direct, act, edit, produce, pretty much wear all the hats. And it was actually really liberating because not only did I leave, but I left the Outback with this, like this, I guess you could say short film in my hand, which um, NBC Universal, there was a really great girl there called Joanna White, who's head of acquisitions. Um, Pulled me into her office and said, Hey, look, we'd really like to buy this uh, as a feature film. Uh, Have you got a feature film version? And I didn't. Um, But in the meeting, I was kind of like, Yes, yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) And I had like 10 days to write this thing, and I quickly wrote a feature film version, which as you can imagine, first time writer in 10 days, probably wasn't the best thing ever, but they liked it. So I got a, I got a, I, I was able to sell the short film to NBC universal um, and the, uh, and that was a, that was my first foray into directing. Wow. That's huge though. That's cool. It was fun. It was a fun ride at the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> such a cool opportunity that something came out of that, that time that you had with yourself. And, you know, I think a lot of people, most people are so fast paced in going from one thing to the other, that what they're searching for or what they want to create or need
1: is just like within them at the time, wherever they are. Exactly right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that the other big thing I took away is just that thing we talked about before, which is being, you know, gratitude and thankful, uh, you know, actually being present out there, you get to see how lucky you are even just to grow up in a city, which, you know, has really stayed with me.
0: And since then, how many have you you worked on now?
1: Uh, there's been quite a few sort of uh, feature films and films. Um, just probably would have to go onto my IMDb to to kind of get like have a, a label, but um, but yeah, there's there's been some some really uh, really good feature films. I went back into the auctioneering to kind of really push that to the top, and fell into a few reality TV shows with that, which. I would say it's a learning curve, not a, yeah. dream, not a dream ambition. Uh, but, you know, my passion's really in filmmaking and, and TV, so scripted, um, you know, content.
0: Yeah, cool.
1: And what do you have for the future?
0: Are you working on anything else besides what you've said today at the start? So really
1: excited to see with Mogul um, how, you know, NFTs and blockchain can really kind of like infiltrate Hollywood a little bit more. There's some really exciting things there, uh, which is again something you can't predict. But meeting with some really good people, connecting with some really good people around the world who are invested into the the blockchain experience. You know, there was an opportunity to kind of talk to Elon Musk. There's an opportunity to, to get involved with these people and hear what they're saying about technology and how it's obviously you know impacting the entertainment space. So mogul Productions. Uh, there's the, the 12 series I mentioned with that uh, NBC, Unit, you know, uh, sorry, with CBS Viacom uh, a couple other projects with, with the film side uh, and just a lot of self-improvement. So really want to keep pushing myself and learning and getting to a point where I, I don't say that's it for, you know, that's it for, for me. Now it's just about, you know, steady, steady wins the race. It's more, uh, you know, living that journey of, of just going for it. Oh, amazing. So,
0: for anyone listening in who may feel stuck in their own patterns or feel like they're restricted, then they, they can't pursue acting, directing, or even a business. What would you say to them? What would be the first step that you would ask them to take to work on actually moving
1: forward? I think that's a really good question. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to ever tell someone what to do. So I'm trying to, trying to say it in a way, but, Uh, If I could say it with, um, I think this is a good example. And Joe was really nice to cover this story for me. And I talked to you guys about it Uh, about seven years ago, I was in Los Angeles and uh, two or three in the morning, I was in Glendale. I got this Uber back to, uh, to Beverly Hills and I was waiting for this Uber in Glendale early in the morning. And this like 61 year old lady picked me up. And I, I remember talking to her on the Uber ride back. I was kind of like, you know, like 61-year-old driving Glendale, like two in the morning. Like that's quite a, uh, I would say, you don't see it very often. Yeah. Anyway, and I got to talk to this lady and she's really lovely. She said, look, I always wanted to own my own catering business. I just never had the, like the courage to go out and do it. I always played it safe. I was a nurse. I did other things anyway. And she said, I've been driving Uber for six months. And in a couple of months, or I think she said like in two weeks or three weeks, I'll have enough money to be able to, to start my catering business. And the reason she's driving at, you know, two and three in the morning is because in L.A., the roads were just too busy, too hectic Yeah. that at her age. So not only is she sacrificing, but she's also really going for it. And she was a really lovely lady. She's so passionate. She's like, look, I put the down payment on, on my website, my business cards like each step of the way. So this is kind of going back to your question. And she talked like she was 21 years old. And I was really inspired anyway. She dropped me off down in in Beverly Hills and she gave me the name because she was really excited about her website. had just been finished. And I remember I looked her up like, and I can look her up now, but I remember I looked her up uh, last year and it still was saying she has this catering empire now. She was 60, she'd be 67 or 68 now. Um, but the last time I looked her up, she had 159 people working for her. Uh, she was. She won all these Californian Chamber of Commerce awards. And it all, like, I just remember, like she was not letting age, uh, driving late at night, anything get in the way. And she went for her dream. And so I guess the takeaway from that is you're never too old. Uh, you, you, everyone's gonna have obstacles regardless but there's success there if you're prepared to work for it.
0: Yes, that's probably one of the best stories I think I've ever heard when it comes to, you know, someone starting something in such a unpredictable, you know, age or circumstance. So it's so cool and a lot of people get a lot of value from that too. Yeah, she it was, sounds crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, no she she was amazing and I think you know if if there's other stories like that i can rely on i, I you remember you said like what have been some of your influences i i've had this friend of mine i've known since i was like four years old and uh he to kind of cut a long story short he lived with his parents till he was 31 uh always just wanted to do tech always just wanted to do tech in australia obviously you know when things don't tend to go your way after a couple of years, I think a lot of people go, okay, you've had your fun. Now it's time to get serious. Or, you know, have you thought about a more structured, you know, accountant, property developer, that type of role. And I remember he just, he used to astound me because he would speak with these heads of industry. Uh, Like, you know, we'd be 28 years old and he'd be like, oh, you know, so-and-so like I spoke to, to this guy, you know, in Silicon Valley today. And he'd be speaking from his bedroom you know, that he lived next door to his, like his room was next door to his parents. It wasn't a big house. And he would he would hustle like everything. Like he didn't have a good car. He didn't have much, he had no money. Uh, He lived at home and he was having the, like he would get these meetings and he wouldn't let all the things he didn't have get to him. And that included, you know, like I remember he did have trouble keeping a girlfriend because I don't know. I don't know when you're 31 and you're like, you know, come back to my place and my parents are next door in that room. It was very like, he he probably sacrificed a lot. And I know that a lot of people kind of flaked on him, you know, when, you know, a, it, basically when he hit that point, like, you know, mid twenties, look, you've had your fun, you know, you need to stop doing this. And like I said, like he didn't let that, he, he had these meetings and then it was like, he was 31. I remember one day he just came to me and he's like, look, I've got this guy who wants to come on as a board member. And Calong's for sure, he sold the, the business for over fifty million. Yeah. And what I took from that is this guy that he really didn't have all the things that you have. Like I said, like he was having Zoom calls with these people that they're over in Silicon Valley, they're over in New York, investors in America. They, you know, they don't know he's in his bedroom, but he's doing it, and he's he's working out of a Max Brenner in the day on his laptop. He doesn't have a, you know, he doesn't have enough money even for like a Wee uh, WeWork or any of those spaces. And then the persistence pays off and, you know, he's over in San Francisco and he's, he's lived his dream, but it's, I think it's that idea that, you know, you're the only person that can champion it. Sometimes you just need to be, as long as you believe in it, then it's going to happen. But if you're waiting on other people, then they may or may not come with you on the journey. Yes. That's so amazing.
0: I think a lot of people get caught up with that as well of, you know, wanting to have everything right. And, sometimes being influenced you know by that environment so much
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah it's so amazing just to kind of hear your your thoughts and definitely some of your stories you've had some really cool experiences
1: (laughs) it wasn't wasn't all fun in the outback
0: of course but you know from those those lessons you learn things and you start to implement them into your own story that you can project and impact and influence other people you know for them to better their lives as well
1: yeah, and, and being, you know, obviously the thankful side, I think, is the through line that you yeah. want to you want to keep remembering. Uh, Absolutely.
0: Well. well, that's it for our little interview today. But for people who may want to reach out to you, do you have a, a website or social media platforms that you'd be happy for people to reach out to you at?
1: Sure. Anytime. Uh probably the best one is uh I'll give you my Instagram, James underscore Pratt7. Uh, twitter james underscore pratt seven uh you can check out mogulproductions.com, uh imdb uh or malibu crush look out for the feature film coming as well it's a buddy comedy uh not based on any real life experiences uh so yeah i'd love to hear from anyone please reach out anything i can do always happy to connect people as well if, if that would help them too
0: yeah amazing i um i might even uh refer your profile to my friend in canada see if you will be able to help her for sure absolutely thank you so much for spending your time with me and giving a lot of value to people listening in about you know where you started where you are now and what obstacles you had to face and how people can you know take on what you've said today to implement their own strategies and their own ways of improving their life for the better in personal or business
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's been a real pleasure. And I really appreciate your story as well. I I love the, uh, the the ambition and the hustle as well.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much. All the best for now, James. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening in guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member share us on social media, leave us a review and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference and you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you next time.